Welcome to the Six Goals Podcast, episode 20 for October 10th, 2011. Hey everybody, this is Dan for the Six Goals Podcast, in which I try and do these six goals every week. Running six miles a week, drawing six sketches in my sketchbook a week, doing six workouts a week, drinking six water bottles a day, reading six chapters of the Bible a week, and writing 6,000 words a week. So, I haven't recorded for almost, or maybe even a month now. (laughs) Oh man. I'm really sorry. Uh, My schedule's been kind of nuts lately. Um, like I probably say every week. Anyways, uh, instead of, uh, giving you guys excuses and rambling on about how I haven't been doing any good, any goals very well, although I have been doing pretty well drinking water because I've been trying to diet and I'm, I'm, today I am down to 200 pounds. Now my goal would be down to be like down to 170 or something, but, uh, still I've, uh, been losing weight recently, so that's good, that's good. I haven't been running. Um, I have been writing a lot. I've been revising my novel a lot. Man, that takes a long time. So much longer than writing the first draft. So that sucks. But anyway, since it's been such a long time since I've recorded a podcast, I thought that I would give you guys a little something extra. I know I promised an interview with the guy that I've been learning uh, self-defense and martial arts from, but uh, that is coming. He said yes. We just have to do it. So, anyways, here is uh, chapter two from my novel, and I finally have a name for it. I was calling it The Trading Family, but (laughs) that's a pretty lame name. Kind of describes the novel, but it's just lame. It's not fun. And so I just needed, I wanted something that was just one word, had some pop and sizzle or whatever. So, anyways, I came up with the title Recession. Uh, Hopefully one of my beta readers will come up with an even better title, but uh, working title right now for my science fiction novel is Recession. Alright, so the first chapter explains uh, the main character and how he lost his job, has to go home and tell his family and all that stuff. So I'm going to read for you chapter 2, which is the pilot that they end up hiring and how he's getting into trouble, but not because of him. I'll just start reading and you can find out. Recession by Dan Absalonson. Chapter 2 Quickstar sat in the pilot's seat as his ship's navigation system carried him through the stars. Just as he took a sip of coffee, an alarm began to sound. Its tremendous volume gave him an instant headache. Soon the entire cockpit was blinking red with each high-pitched buzz. He put down the coffee and placed his hands over his ears. The klaxon's clamor grew even louder. He shut his eyes, trying to deal with the pain. Then the sound changed. It was still loud, but no longer at deafening decibels. He opened his eyes to find that his cockpit of control-filled panels was replaced by a dark room. His pilot's chair, a warm bed beneath him, the ship's alarm, now a ring emanating from his tablet. It was the captain's ring. Quickstar let out a grunt as he reached over for his tablet and saw the time. 3.02 a.m. This won't be good, he thought. He accepted the call. (sighs) 
Captain, what is it? Yeah, good. You're up. I thought you weren't going to answer. It rang like ten times. Yeah, I was asleep. Do you know what time it is? Shut up and listen. Get the ship ready for departure. Captain, are you drunk? Just do it. Now. Okay. Don't you want me to try and get a hold of the crew? No, don't worry about them. Just get the ship ready to leave. What about our cargo pickup? Oh, tomorrow. I said get her ready to fly. Do it now. You're the captain. Quickstar hung up and threw on some clothes. This had better be worth it, he said to no one as he pulled on his boots. The warm bed called to him, but the captain had given an order, so he made his way out the door. What is he thinking, Quickstar thought as he started down the empty corridor. The handful of men that made up the crew were still planet-side, drinking themselves into oblivion. He could tell his captain had done the same. Quickstar preferred the extra credits he received by choosing to be the one who stayed on board for first watch after cargo drop. He had no itch to get off the ship. It was where he belonged. He had known that since the first day of Space Force boot camp. As he made his way into the cockpit, he was having a hard time waking up. He stopped in at the bathroom and splashed some cold water on his face. The small shock to his body felt kind of good. Instead of drying it off, he walked back into the hall and began to jog. The slight breeze on his face chased off even more of his grogginess. The dark cockpit lit up as he came in. He sat down in the pilot's seat and flipped on some controls. For once, he wished his chair wasn't so comfortable. It was going to be hard to stay awake. He flipped a switch and leaned in towards a small mic on his dash. Control, this is the Melville requesting clearance for takeoff. Melville, this is Control. I'll run your scan. It looks like your cargo hold is empty and you're the only one on board. Is this correct? Yes, sir. I'm not sure why we're leaving before loading our next haul. Just following orders over here. Understood. Okay. I just need to log your destination, then. Oh, right. I'm sorry to have bothered you, Control. I don't know what that is. Once you do, contact me again, and I'll clear you for departure. Thank you, Control. Are you in trouble, son? No, sir, Quickstar said, and then turned off the link, wishing he had any confidence that his answer back was correct. As Quickstar got the ship ready for takeoff, a little window popped up on his main display, letting him know the captain had come on board through the main exterior door. He prepared himself for the captain's drunken presence. This wasn't going to be pretty. Captain Hess wasn't a mean drunk, or even a funny one. He just lost all judgment when he had too much in him. Quickstar heard the patternless footsteps coming down the corridor. You ready to take off yet? I'm here. Why are we still on the ground? Yep, just as I thought. I can smell it on him from here. I need a destination. Are we really going to leave without the crew, Captain? Quickstar said as he leaned away from the smell. I told you not to worry about them. Tell them the ward sector. Quickstar stared back, dumbstruck by his captain's response. What's the matter? Call it in and get us off this rock. Captain, you're drunk. You know your judgment goes when you've had too much to drink. I'm fine, but I'm telling you now that we have to go. I'm ordering you as your captain to take off right now. And go to the ward system without getting our next haul. Yes. There was nothing Quickstar could do but follow orders. He had signed a contract that said he would follow all direct orders from the captain. 
It was a standard part of most piloting gigs. But right about now, Quickstar wished he would have asked for an addition that said, unless the captain's judgment is impaired because he is under the influence of alcohol. Of course, if he would have known it would have helped him to add that line before agreeing to sign, he never would have signed it in the first place. He reached over and activated the comm link again. Control, this is the Melville requesting clearance for departure. We're headed for the ward system. This is Control. I'll run your scan. So, it's just the two of you? Yes, sir. Well, I hope you're going on vacation. If not, best of luck to you. You'll need it if you're going to try and haul cargo for profit out there. You are cleared for departure. Thank you, Control. Quickstar took the helm, disengaged the locks holding their ship, and pulled away from the docking bay. Come on, hurry it up already, Captain Hess said. You want me to clip another ship? I'm still waking up thanks to you, and I'm going as fast as I can, with my eyes halfway open, Captain. He hated using the title on a man who didn't deserve it, but Quickstar wouldn't fall out of the habit. He stayed sharp for the job he hoped would come in the near future. A new wave of exhaustion hit him as he concentrated on flying through the narrow rows of docked spaceships. Once they were in the open sky, he turned up the accelerators, and they began to ascend to space. What's this all about, Captain? Don't worry about it, I'll tell you later. You just get us where we can jump, and then you can go get yourself some more sleep. Captain, I won't be able to sleep until I know what's caused you to make us up and leave the crew and undock in the middle of the night. Fine. I'm sorry, Quick, but I kind of lost some money tonight. A, a whole lot of it. I was sure I could win it back. I had such a good hand. Yeah? So? So I bet the ship. You what? Fossil-fueled guy caught a flush on the river, beat out my aces. Fool's luck, it's all it was. I had the boss hand. He shouldn't have even stayed in it with the bets I was making. I tried to get him off the hand, but he wouldn't even budge for the price of my ship. Wait, so we're running from someone you bet the ship to in a card game? Don't you worry, Quick. We'll just make our way over to some other systems. I know he doesn't visit, and we'll be all right. We just need a head start to get away. There's a reason he doesn't go to those places, Captain. The whole system is in a recession. You heard control. You can't make a profit trading out there. Are we just going to haul cargo and live one job to the next? What about the ship's maintenance? We won't even make enough to keep her running. Well, that's where we're going. The ship's in fine shape. We just need to lay low for a while. Now track our course and get us out of here, and then you can go get some sleep. The captain stumbled out of the cockpit towards his room. Quickstar shook his head. Having a captain who gambled was a reason to make him look for a new job. Working under one who drank too much was another. Flying for one who gambled away the ship while drunk meant Quickstar needed to find a way out, and fast. He wondered how he had not seen some sign in the man when he had interviewed for this job. It was going to be a long trip. Just then a light began to flash below Quickstar. This time, it wasn't a dream. He looked over to see that a ship was approaching them at a high velocity. He pressed a button on his console, sending his voice through the ship. Captain, get back here. We've got company. Quickstar released the button and then pushed a lever forward until it clicked. He felt the ship jump as it accelerated to full thruster speed. The captain skipped back into the cockpit, almost falling over with every step. Well, what's going on, Quick? Are they after us? I told him I was going to prepare the ship for him. He was supposed to come to our dock in an hour. He must know you better than you think, Captain. Quickstar touched a screen with his index finger, sliding a graphic meter to full. It turned from green to blue and flashed, Full shields applied, as a voice spoke the same words through the console. 
Full shields applied. He moved his hand to a set of four buttons arrayed in a cross. They sat below a schematic display of the ship, which had just filled up with a blue glow. He pressed the bottom button, and the bright color shifted to the rear of the display. Can we outrun them, Captain? He's in a plested five. Then we've got a problem, Captain. They will achieve firing range before we can get out of the planet's gravitational pull. Fossil fuel. So they'll be on us before we can jump? Yeah, they'll be able to open fire in 15 seconds. There's got to be some way to get out of this. Give them your ship, Captain. I don't want to get shot down. No way. You're the best pilot I've ever had. Head towards that asteroid field, Quickstar. We'll lose them in there. They're in range. They're sending a transmission, Captain. Ignore it and head for the asteroid field. You want me to fly the Melville through there? You can do it. We could damage the ship, Captain. We're not in a little cruiser. There will be spaces too small to squeeze through. You've got the shields up. Just get in there and shift them to the front and the sides. A blast from behind them hit the ship, rocking them off course with a violent shock. Come on, Quick. This is the kind of thing you pilots dream of. I know his guy's not as good as you. Now do it. Quickstar stopped himself from saying what he wanted to and turned the ship towards the asteroid field. That's right. We can do this. I know a little trick we can use once we're beyond their sight in there. I'll go get the spacesuits. I don't like the sound of that. Quickstar said. Bah, said the captain with a dismissive wave of his hand as he ran off through the shaking ship, which continued to receive fire. He came back holding two orange suits and a helmet under each arm. All of it was covered in dust. Quickstar looked at him like he had grown an extra nose. We can turn off all systems and hide out for a while till they leave. You just get us into that jungle of rock. I'll take care of the rest. Quickstar said nothing. He was afraid of what might come out if he allowed himself to speak. As the captain got into his suit, Quickstar looked for a good place to enter the looming asteroid field. Our shields are getting low. I guess if you won't surrender, this is our only option, Quickstar said. He looked to his captain, who had everything on but the helmet. Do it, Quickstar. I'm not surrendering the ship. You're the captain. He found a nice gap and flew towards it, continuing at full speed. The ship disappeared into a massive array of floating rocks. Their pursuers kept firing. The asteroids behind the Melville began to explode, creating massive amounts of debris in their wake. Quickstar maneuvered around asteroids as the ship on his trail sailed through the leftover bits bouncing off their shields. So that's Chapter 2 of Recession, working title. Um, yeah, I hope you liked it. Uh, sorry for all the background noise. But anyway, I'm going to podcast the full novel and offer it for free. I'm also going to sell it as an audiobook and an ebook. I don't have any plans for a hard copy of the book. I know that I still have a lot to learn as a writer, and I'm really proud of this book, and I think it's coming along nicely, and uh, it's a really fun book. But uh, it seems to me, from what I've heard from so many author interviews that I've listened to, that you don't really write a publishable novel till like your fifth one at at least um you know of course that's not true for everyone but i know it's true for me so um this is my second novel that i have that i ever wrote um and so anyway i think i've got a few more to get under my belt before i'm really starting to produce work that's um you know getting towards being publishable but uh, in the meantime i think this story will be really fun i've had a lot of fun writing it um I don't know. Maybe it will be publishable. I, I think people will really enjoy it. I know I really have enjoyed writing it. 
and I can't wait to podcast it and um, sell it as an ebook. So I've got a bunch of short stories available as ebooks. Some of them are free. Some of them cost ninety nine cents. I have one novelette for uh, one ninety nine, uh, but I think I'm just going to sell this for two ninety nine uh, on Amazon.com for the Kindle store, and then there's a website called Smashwords.com. And they put your ebook out to tons of other websites like Kobo, Barnes and Noble, the Sony Store, and all kinds of different ebook vendors. Um, and you can also get it on the Smashwords website in just about every format that's out there for reading it as an ebook: PDF, Kindle, EPUB, all that good stuff. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening, and I'm gonna put this podcast in both my Six Gold podcast feed, and my Dan Absalonson podcast fiction feed, uh, since it's got this writing in it. I will uh, try and go for a run and drink lots of water and all that good stuff and record some running spots. You know, maybe I'll take my daughter for a run in the stroller. That might be a good time. This is Dan for the Six Goals podcast. Today is... October 9th, 2011, just about noon. I just finished going for a run for the first time in maybe two months. I loaded up two of my kids in our double jogging stroller and uh, went for a run, just a really short run, 2.2 miles. And my timer accidentally stopped it at some point, I don't know when. But, uh, so I'm not sure how long it took me to run that, but my wife guesses it was maybe 20 minutes, and that sounds about right to me because that's my normal pace. I'm going to say it was probably less because I wasn't going as fast as I was back when I was running at least twice or three times a week, and um, <laughs> my daughter took off one of her shoes, and I'm driving back around the loop and I think I just saw it in the road. Yep, there it is. So, uh, that's it. I'm gonna pick up my daughter's boot. Oh. Seatbelt back on and, uh, all right. This is Dan for Six Goals, signing off. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find the blog for this podcast at sixgoals.blogspot.com, and that's the number six, numeral. And uh, also, my writing blog is at writingsofdan.blogspot.com. So, check out those sites for more stuff from me. And thank you so much for giving me your time. Hope you guys have a great week, and I'll talk to you later. This is Dan for Six Goals. Signing off. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 US License. Music used My Old Bands Dying to Live and Victim of Circumstance.